0: Le'olam Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpachah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, August 29th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of Himself, In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of Himself, I am the Aleph and Tav, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse? Truly, Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Olive Tov, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for daily audio Torah is DAT. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Olif Tov. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this doorway to the Olif Tov. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Olive Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give Pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shaf and it means Judges. Deuteronomy 17, to 18, 8 you shall act in accordance with the instructions given you and the ruling handed down to you. You must not deviate from the verdict that they announce to you, either to the right or to the left. Should a man act presumptuously and disregard the Kohen charged with serving there, Hashem your God, or the magistrate, that man shall die. Thus you will sweep out evil from Israel. All the people will hear and be afraid and will not act presumptuously again. If, after you have entered the land that Hashem your God has assigned to you, and taken possession of it and settled in it, you decide, I will set a king over me, as do all the nations about me, you shall be free to set a king over yourself, one chosen by Hashem your God. Be sure to set as king over yourself one of your own people. You must not set a foreigner over you, one who is not your kinsman. Moreover, he shall not keep many horses or send people back to Egypt to add to his horses, since Hashem has warned you, you must not go back that way again. And he shall not have many wives, lest his heart go astray, nor shall he amass silver and gold to excess. When he is seated on his royal throne, he shall have a copy of this teaching written for him on a scroll by the Levitical Kohanim, Let remain with him, and let him read in in it all his life, so that he may learn to revere HaShem his God, to observe faithfully every word of this teaching, as well as these laws. Thus he will not act haughtily toward his fellows, or deviate from the instruction to the right or to the left, to the end that he and his descendants may reign long in the midst of Israel. The Levitical Kohanim, the whole tribe of Levi, shall have no territorial portion with Israel. They shall live only off Hashem's offerings by fire as their portion, and shall have no portion among their brother tribes. Hashem is their portion, as He promised them. This then shall be the Kohanim's due from the people. Everyone who offers a sacrifice, whether an ox or a sheep, Must give the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach to the Kohen. You shall also give him the first fruits of your new grain and wine and oil, and the first shearing of your sheep. For Hashem your God has chosen him and his descendants out of all your tribes to be in attendance for service in the name of Hashem for all time. If a Levite would go, from any of the settlements throughout Israel where he has been residing, to the place that Hashem has chosen, he may do so whenever he pleases. He may serve in the name of Hashem his God like all his fellow Leviim, who are there in attendance before Hashem. They shall receive equal shares of the dues without regard to personal gifts or patrimonies. Job 31, 1-33, 33 I have covenanted with my eyes not to gaze on a maiden. What fate is decreed by Hashem above? What lot by Shaddai in the heights? Calamity is surely for the iniquitous, misfortune for the worker of mischief. Surely he observes my ways, takes account of my every step. Have I walked with worthless men, or my feet hurried to deceit? Let him weigh me on the scale of righteousness. Let Hashem ascertain my integrity." If my feet have strayed from their course, my heart followed after my eyes, and a stain sullied my hands, may I sow but another reap, may the growth of my field be uprooted. If my heart was ravished by the wife of my neighbor, and I lay in wait at his door, may my wife grind for another, may others kneel over her. For that would have been debauchery, a criminal offense. A fire burning down to Abaddon, consuming the roots of all my increase. Did I ever brush aside the case of my servants, man or maid, when they made a complaint against me? What then should I do when Hashem arises, when He calls me to account? What should I answer Him? Did not He who made me in my mother's belly make Him? Did not one form us both in the womb? Did I deny the poor their needs, or let a widow pine away by eating my food alone, the fatherless not eating of it also? Why, from my youth he grew up with me as though I were his father. Since I left my mother's womb, I was her guide. I never saw an unclad wretch, a needy man without clothing, whose loins did not bless me as he warmed himself with the shearings of my sheep if I raise my hand against the fatherless, looking to my supporters in the gate. May my arm drop off my shoulder, my forearm break off at the elbow. For I am in dread of Hashem's sent calamity. I cannot bear His threat. Did I put my reliance on gold, or regard fine gold as my bulwark? Did I rejoice in my great wealth, in having attained plenty? If ever I saw the light shining, the moon on its course in full glory, and I secretly succumbed, and my hand touched my mouth in a kiss, that, too, would have been a criminal offense, for I would have denied Hashem above. Did I rejoice over my enemy's misfortune? Did I thrill because evil befell him? I never let my mouth sin by wishing his death in a curse. Indeed, The men of my clan said we would consume his flesh insatiably. No sojourner spent the night in the open. I opened my doors to the road. Did I hide my transgressions like Adam and bury my wrongdoing in my bosom, that I should now fear the great multitude, and am shattered by the contempt of family, so that I can keep silent and do not step outdoors? Oh, that I had someone to give me a hearing, Oh, that Shaddai would reply to my writ, or my accuser draw up a true bill. I would carry it on my shoulder, tie it around me for a wreath. I would give him an account of my steps, and offer it as to a commander. If my land cries out against me, its furrows weep together. If I had eaten its produce without payment, and made its rightful owners despair, may nettles grow there instead of wheat." Instead of barley, stinkweed. The words of Job are at an end. These three men ceased replying to Job, for he considered himself right. Then Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite, of the family of Ram, was angry, angry at Job, because he thought himself right against Hashem. He was angry as well at his three friends, because they found no reply, but merely condemned Job. ELIHU WAITED OUT JOB'S SPEECH, FOR THEY WERE ALL OLDER THAN HE. BUT WHEN ELIHU SAW THAT THE THREE MEN HAD NOTHING TO REPLY, HE WAS ANGRY. THEN ELIHU, SON OF Barakel, THE Buzite, SAID IN REPLY, I HAVE BUT FEW YEARS WHILE YOU ARE OLD. THEREFORE I WAS TOO AWESTRUCK AND FEARFUL TO HOLD FORTH AMONG YOU. I THOUGHT, LET AGE SPEAK, LET ADVANCED YEARS DECLARE WISE THINGS. But truly, it is the spirit in men, the breath of Shaddai, that gives them understanding. It is not the aged who are wise, the elders, who understand how to judge. Therefore, I say, listen to me, I too would hold forth. Here I have waited out your speeches, I have given ear to your insights while you probed the issues. But as I attended to you, I saw that none of you could argue with Job or offer replies to his statements. I fear you will say, We have found the wise course. HaShem will defeat him, not man. He did not set out his case against me, nor shall I use your reasons to reply to him. They have been broken and can no longer reply. Words fail them. I have waited till they stopped speaking, till they ended and no longer replied. Now I also would have my say. I too would like to hold forth, for I am full of words. The wind in my belly presses me. My belly is like wine not yet opened, like jugs of new wine ready to burst. Let me speak then and get relief. Let me open my lips and reply. I would not show regard for any man or temper my speech for anyone's sake. For I do not know how to temper my speech. My Maker would soon carry me on. But now, Job, listen to my words. Give ear to all that I say. Now I open my lips. My tongue forms words in my mouth. My words bespeak the uprightness of my heart. My lips utter insight honestly. The Spirit of Hashem formed me. The breath of Shaddai sustains me. If you can, answer me. Argue against me. Take your stand. You and I are the same before Hashem. I, too, was nipped from clay. You are not overwhelmed by fear of me. My pressure does not weigh heavily on you. Indeed, you have stated in my hearing, I heard the words spoken. I am guiltless, free from transgression. I am innocent, without iniquity. But he finds reasons to oppose me, considers me his enemy. He puts my feet in stocks and watches all my ways. In this, you are not right. I will answer you Hashem is greater than any man. Why do you complain against him that he does not reply to any of man's charges? For Hashem speaks time and again, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, a night vision, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens men's understanding and by disciplining them leaves his signature. To turn man away from an action to suppress pride in man. He spares him from the pit, his person from perishing by the sword. He is reproved by pains on his bed, and the trembling in his bones is constant. He detests food, fine food is repulsive to him. His flesh wastes away till it cannot be seen, and his bones are rubbed away till they are invisible. He comes close to the pit, his life verges on death. If he has a representative, one advocate against a thousand to declare the man's uprightness, then he has mercy on him and decrees, Redeem him from descending to the pit. For I have obtained his ransom. Let his flesh be healthier than in his youth. Let him return to his younger days. He prays to Hashem and is accepted by him. He enters his presence with shouts of joy. For he requites a man for his righteousness. He declares to men, I have sinned, I have perverted what was right, but I was not paid back for it. He redeemed him from passing into the pit. He will enjoy the light. Truly, Hashem does all things two or three times to a man to bring him back from the pit, that he may bask in the light of life. Pay heed, Job, and hear me. Be still, and I will speak. If you have what to say, answer me, speak, for I am eager to vindicate you. But, if not, you listen to me, be still, and I will teach you wisdom. Second Corinthians 3, 1-18 Do we, Paul and his co-workers, begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Forasmuch as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit, of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excels. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remains is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Psalm 43, 1-5 Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacles. Then will I go to the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy." Yes, upon the harp will I praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me, hoping God? For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Proverbs 22, 8 and 9 He that sows iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. I want to speak to you today from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is a very critical, important chapter to look at. There's a trap that I want to point out that we want to be careful that we do not fall into this trap, because it is very, very subtle. It is a scheme of the enemy, and it involves deception. What is this trap? Let's take a look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. First of all, Paul talks about how he's saying that we, as some others, are epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you. You are our epistle or letter, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle or letter of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. So Paul is making a comparison and a contrast. That the original Torah, the Ten Commandments, was given to us through Moses at Mount Sinai on two tablets of stone. But those two tablets of stone were an indication of the condition of of their hearts their hearts were stony hearts and they could not receive the torah they immediately fell into idolatry and built a golden calf image to worship and so what paul is saying is that it's important that that the living spirit of god is within us in our heart so that the word the scriptures yeshua himself is written in our hearts so that by our conduct and our life people can see Yeshua. Let me put this another way. Think of a math equation like one plus one equals two. Here's the math equation Yeshua plus and then fill in the blank equals my salvation or my righteousness my redemption. You can fill in the blank with anything, and whatever it is that you fill it in is an idol. Yeshua plus nothing equals my salvation. Yeshua plus nothing equals my righteousness. Yeshua plus nothing equals my redemption. But we fill in that blank. We have idols of the heart. and. Sometimes, what can happen is we can fill in that blank with works of the law, works of the Torah, and that somehow we begin to slowly over time we drift away from Yeshua, who is the head, He is our all in all, He is everything, He is our salvation, He is. The Torah made flesh. We drift from him and relationship with him and hearing his still, small, quiet voice and being led by the Holy Spirit. And instead, we drift into works of the law. And the Torah does not save us. The Torah does not give us our righteousness. The Torah, the law, was our tutor. To lead us to Christ. The Torah, the law, was the mirror that we looked into to see our sin. The Torah shows us our sin, but it doesn't take it away. Only Yeshua can take it away. And so another verse let's take a look at is verse 6. He also has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So we are to follow the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy spirit. We are to be led by the spirit and not by the letter of the law. Let me frame it another way. It could be said that I was once married to Mr. Law to Mr. Torah. And I kept falling off and f- slipping and falling and scraping my knee and, and not being able to walk with him very well. I kept falling behind and, you know, tripping and falling. Uh, I, and then every time I would fall, he would come along and he would say, there you go, you screwed it up again. You're such a terrible sinner. What's wrong with you? All this condemnation and finger pointing back at me. And it was a miserable marriage, very miserable marriage to Mr. Law to Mr. Torah i couldn't I couldn't keep it, I couldn't keep the Torah. I kept falling and screwing up and blowing it and sinning couldn't do it felt very condemned and judged, and like a failure now it says in uh, Romans chapter seven. That a woman, as long as the man, she's with this man and she's married to him, she cannot ever remarry. If they divorce, she's still considered bound. She should not remarry. But if he dies, then she can remarry. So, that first marriage to the Torah, to those Ten Commandments, it, it was a total bomb. It was a failure. It was miserable. And so I had to die. And Yeshua, who is the Torah, (laughs) made flesh, he had to die so that she, I, could remarry. And this marriage is a marriage made in heaven. This time now, I'm not married to Mr. Law. I am married to Mr. Christ. I'm married to Mr. Yeshua. And he lives inside of me. And I'm led by the Holy Spirit. So when I screw up, he doesn't condemn me and beat me over the head. He says, come on, I'll help you up. You can do this. We've got this. I'll help you. And so now I have this new marriage, a second marriage. And this marriage now is to Mr. Yeshua, to Mr. Christ. And he lives inside of me, and I'm led by the Holy Spirit. So we need to be careful that, having begun in the spirit by being born again, that we don't go back to walking in the flesh and trying to please God by doing works of the flesh and being religious and trying to follow the law in the power of our own strength of our own flesh to please God. Because we're going to fall and we're going to fail. We have to continue in the Spirit. Let's look at this again in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse fourteen. Well let's start in verse thirteen. And not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the old testament which veil is done away in christ but even unto this day when moses is read the veil is upon their heart now think about it when a woman gets married she puts a veil on and covers her face she walks down the aisle and then the words are said by the preacher and then at the right moment um, the veil is lifted and the, the groom hears those words, you may now kiss the bride. And so when we come into intimate relationship with Yeshua, whether for the very first time at that born again moment of experience or renewing our love relationship, returning to our first love, then you may kiss the bride and the veil is lifted and he can once again kiss us and we can see him in the spirit face-to-face, and the veil is lifted. And that's what we want. We want a supernatural experience with Yeshua that we hear his voice on a daily basis. We are going to need to hear his voice in the days ahead unto the saving of lives. We're coming into dangerous times. I believe we are coming very close to the beginning of the Great Tribulation to the days known as Jacob's Trouble. We're getting very close to that time. And we're going to need to hear his voice. Yeshua says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, we want to be careful that we don't create a golden calf image today of worshiping the letter of the law, the letter of the Torah. We do not worship the Torah, we worship Yeshua, and it's His Holy Spirit indwelling within us. That helps us to follow him. And to walk in his footsteps. To walk in his ways. And to keep his commands. Keeping his commands apart from the spirit of Yeshua. Dwelling within us. Is a vain exercise of religion. We must have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So Heavenly Father we pray right now that if there has been any idolatry in our hearts of idolizing the letter of the law, the letter of the Torah, of walking in the flesh and following after the Torah by by our own strength, we repent of that, Father, today. We repent. And we return. We return. We run back into the arms of Yeshua, our Savior. We turn to the holy spirit who can empower us to live a holy life to lay hands and the sick are healed to see amazing answers to prayer to have that living dynamic powerful relationship with you yeshua we crave that we desire that we desperately need that oh yeshua we return to our first love this day may we fall in love with you all over again may we be born again again and make all things new within us fill us to overflowing with your spirit with your presence with your love with your joy with your peace may you live your life In us and through us, may we simply be empty vessels that you fill up to overflowing with your spirit. That all that we come in contact with will feel and sense the power and the presence of Yeshua. May we have his scent, his smell, his perfume, the sweet fragrance of Yeshua. We return to you, Yeshua. You are our head. And without you, we are nothing. Without you, we are like a a dead branch that's been cut off from the tree and from the root. We don't worship the roots of the tree. We worship you, Yeshua. You are everything to us. You are the all-sufficient one. We love you. We bless you and we praise you in yeshua's name amen hallelujah adonai wehish murakhah yaeh adonai Na vilaka vi